Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My sidekick and good friend Mark Collier is with me this morning. And again, thank you for pinch hitting for Justin while he's on camping vacation today. Oh, we're having fun. Uh, Mark is a financial advisor and friend I've known for low these many years, and uh, he lives in Duxbury and is still working like the uh, the other old guy here in the studio. And uh, if you have any questions for him, you can do a commercial. What's your phone number there? Uh, the phone number you can reach me at is 781-273-1400. Alrighty. Um, anyway, folks, we're doing a retirement checklist, and uh, I have about 45 uh places to go, and we're on number 26, so that'll kind of give you an idea. I'm thinking this is going to be a three-week show eventually, but that's okay. Uh, and so if you're in your 30s and 40s and just tuned in, tuned in, don't go away. You should be thinking about retirement, and you can do some stuff early, and if you do some stuff early, it gets easier later. Uh, and if you're thinking about retirement coming up in the near future, however you define near future, this is your special day. And if you're already retired, don't go away because we're going to say some stuff here that is very material to your life right now, regardless of how long you may live. So stay tuned. Again, our telephone number is 781-837-4900. We have a, now a McNamaraOnMoney.com website. And if you're too shy to call the show here uh, and or if don't have, don't have time, you can just go to McNamaraOnMoney.com and ask your question. Uh, when I get back to the office on Monday, I'll uh, take a look-see and get back to you. We promise about that. And again, but, but it, this is the call and talk show, even though we're talking about a retirement checklist. Uh, if you've got a question on the subject or a, a good or a bad story to tell us that might illustrate something somebody should do or not do in preparation for retirement, that would be okay. 781-837-4900. Uh, next week's show, Kirk and Alyssa are going to do, do a show called Intersection of Technology and Finance. <laughs> I'm sure they're going to do a great job on whatever the heck they're going to talk about, but Mikey wouldn't be talking about that, Mark. No question about it. Okay, that's a young advisor's forte, I guess, right? <laughs> We're still working on our DVRs and our... Uh cable TV uh, recordings. Hey, I got this pad of paper here. It works just fine. Anyway, uh, and then the show after that, I'm uh, going to get a little bit more serious. It's, um, it's a show with myself and uh, a funeral director. His name is Brendan McNamara, no relation, from uh, McNamara Sparrow Funeral Home in Cohasset. Uh, 
he uh, he helped me bury my mom a couple of years ago, and I went through an experience uh, that everybody goes through sooner or later. And you know, uh, besides the emotion, there's a whole lot of financial issues and stuff that go on. So I thought that would be kind of an appropriate topic. Uh, and uh, please tune in. Um, all right. So um, we just got through telling you that we, you have to match up your investment strategy with where you are in life in relation to retirement. Uh, and again. We also got through telling you that would be about three shows here, but we don't have the time for that. This is just a big kind of general purpose checklist that you got to go through here. So uh, here comes the, the, uh, another biggie. Does your risk tolerance match your investment strategy? So assuming that you know your investment strategy, I guess that would be the first assumption that not everybody does. You know, are you losing any sleep about uh, what's going on? Uh, you know, and uh, you know, how do you feel about investments and, and volatility and all that stuff? Um, before Mark chirps in here, I will say that in the 30, uh, almost finished year number 39 in this business, I have met like one or two aggressive investors and everybody else is conservative, whatever whatever that means, right? Every, one man's definition of conservative could be something else sort of a thing. But, you know, the, 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 you, have to, you have to have a pretty good idea uh, of what the risk is in your portfolio, which I guess means you have to have a pretty good idea of what risk really is. Uh, and hopefully your risk comfort level matches your strategy. And by the way, if it doesn't, well, some folks would say, well, you have to lower your risk. And, and by the way, if you do, and that may be perfectly acceptable, your retirement date might get a little longer because if you lower your risk, you'll generally earn less money. So, so yes, you have to be concerned about investments. And yes, from a risk point of view, I ask folks, are you losing any sleep about your investments that would lead you to make a change in your portfolio strategy? You know, if you're losing a little sleep and don't do anything, well, I'm okay with that. If you're losing some sleep and go pull a trigger and leave at the bottom of a market crash and shoot yourself in the foot for the rest of your life, you've got a problem with that. Mm -hmm. So so it's, it's wonderful to say you need to match your risk to your strategy. But by the way, if your risk level doesn't get you to retirement until you're 107, you may have to reconsider whatever the heck that all means sort of a thing. Mark, go ahead. Yeah, you know, a couple of things with <clears throat> risk tolerance. That, that's a it's a very important area to hone in on, and people sometimes misjudge their own risk tolerance. You know, it's it's kind of funny. When the market is in an upturn like it is right now, we all tend to be a little more aggressive. What, what risk? Isn't that, isn't that funny how that works? <laughs> and then when you have a down year, 2008, you're pretty much picking people up from the floor to get them to invest in anything that has any yeah. kind of growth potential. Yeah. So you really got to take a look at you know, how you react to things. That's why sometimes when you go back to the formulas, at least that's a starting point. Yep. An all-bond portfolio generally does not make sense unless you've got just tons of money. But it's the lowest risk sucker it's you can the get, lowest basically. risk, yep. generally, yep. generally. Yep. Uh, on the other hand, with interest rates as low as they are right now and due to go to rise, yep. may not be the most conservative area. Yep. On the other hand, an all-stock portfolio, especially aggressive stocks, uh, if you're older, you may not have a chance to make that money back. When you're younger, it's a better bet, but yep. when you're older, be careful. Yep, so first of all, you should know your strategy. Second of all, it should be appropriate for your time and circumstances. Uh, and thirdly, you ought to have a rough idea of, by the way, the risk involved and risk, you know, we talking about volatility, we talking about default and going on a business, we talking about a bunch of things. There are lots of different kinds of risk as well, okay? Um, but this all ties into the next question. Uh, and the question is, well, when we're putting a retirement plan together, folks have to make some guesses about how long they're gonna live and what they're gonna spend. And, and us financial advisors have to make some guesses about what you might gonna earn. So by the way, the, the portfolio strategy that you have that is hopefully appropriate and hopefully within your risk comfort level, well, it has an ability to earn X amount of money and does that X amount of percent per year 
work in your retirement plan scenario. You know, if, if your investments earn one and a half percent per year on average, if that's the that's the expected return, I hope you got a whole lot of money in that pot because uh, that that's might be a difficult road to hoe for a lot of folks. Uh, you know, on the other hand, if you got a v- very small chunk of money and have to get really brave with it, that's that's like not a good place to be either. Circumstances. So, so yep, my my comfort level, my portfolio is appropriate from for me and my circumstances. Great. It's appropriate for my risk comfort level. Great. But it ain't going to earn enough for me to get to retirement. You have a problem, folks. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it goes back to things you can control and things you can't control. If you don't want to change your portfolio, you better change your retirement plan. S- simple as that. Okay. Right. Everything's related, folks. It's math. Mark? Yeah, I think the first thing that... <clears throat> I gen- when I review retirement plans with clients and I'm looking at their portfolio, uh, we'll get into a discussion of not necessarily the income part of it because that's the part I work with, yep. but how comfortable is that client with the way they're invested? If they come and say, I think it's a little too aggressive, I'm too nervous, I might bring that out a little more, challenge it a yep. bit. If I hear it two times, three times, four times, I know it's too <laughs> risky for them. Yeah, yeah. It's your money. Let's talk about some alternatives. Yeah. So it's usually the client. I think in the end, yeah. I may, you know, I may chime in, but yeah. it's the client in the end that makes that determination. And, and as long as they understand the implications of that in their retirement, then it's a great deal. It's a good choice to make if you have all the information. Absolutely. Correct. Right. Absolutely. Right. Okay. And and so. So let's say you've got an appropriate strategy, you're comfortable with it, and it's going to earn at least what you need to be okay in retirement on average. And let's say it's, you know, five, let's say it's 4%. Let's say, you know, by the way, folks, if you have a million dollars in the pot, you don't have to probably earn as much as if you had $2 in the pot to be okay in retirement. Okay, and obviously those are the extremes, but my point is, okay, uh, there are... You know, we, we people spend all this time on their investments and getting the best return possible. But um, you know, you could have the absolute best investment strategy on the planet starting at age 30. But if you put a dollar a month in there, you're not going to retire. On the other hand, if you're at age 30 and started saving $10,000 a month and put it under a rock, you're probably okay. So, so you, you need to understand, folks, that in the investment world, we always focus on the investments, but the bottom line is it's much more important how much you save than what you can earn, okay? And and this is a theme that kind of runs through this whole plan checklist. There are things you can control, like your expenses in retirement and when you stop working. There are things you can't control, like market volatility, and you have to figure out a way to make all of that work for you in retirement. Right. Yeah. I think the best thing and in, in the thing that I like to see, and I, I, I relate this um, in our discussions with clients, is that if you're at a point where you have options, that's probably the best place you can be. Some yep. people don't have yeah. options. It, it, the more complicated it is, the better, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have options, that means you've done okay. Yeah. Now it's a matter of what do you feel more comfortable with. Yep. Let me just say, we talked a little bit earlier about a home equity loan. Just a couple of backstops. Yep. And I'm not telling people to go out. It's not the right thing for everyone. Uh, reverse mortgage is another thing that's come up that um, could be there in your quiver again yep. as a backstop. Dry, I mean, you, dry powder, back up. You've, yep. got to, you've got to be careful. They're a little, still a little pricey or whatever, but it is a backup if your assets don't match your expenses or there's an emergency yep. that you can't handle. That could yep. be a good uh, asset to have in place and, and or at ho- least know about. Yeah, and hopefully folks listening to the show in the first part of it a couple weeks ago have figured out that it's just not about just your investments, folks. You've got a whole lot of other moving pieces in your life that you have to add up and make sure they work. Uh, so anyway, um, w- every once in a while, we, we get lucky with a retirement plan. Uh, and Well, actually, fairly frequently. And uh, so w- we might assume the investments are going to earn 5% in the portfolio on average. Uh, and that determines a certain mixture of stocks and bonds. Okay. And, and by the way, so we crunch all these numbers, push a couple of buttons, and it says, hey, this retirement plan looks like excellent, excellent. The, 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 the chances of this working are like really, 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 really high. Uh, if I get an answer like that, I might say, well, you know, this is an opportunity to see if we could 
lower the risk in that strategy. If the if 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 the portfolio is going to provide more income than necessary, well, this is an opportunity to say, you know, we could get a little bit more conservative with your money, uh, okay, and still get away with a very happy retirement with less risk. So, w- one of the things that I think about in life is. Um, you want to take the most conservative path you can to get to where it is you want to go in the investment world. And so every once in a while, we have a fun conversation about, you know, you could lower your risk a bit in your retirement, in your assets, and, and still be just 100% fine and okay. And by the way, sometimes lowering risk makes the odds even better in terms of a retirement plan. So a l- l- lot of moving parts here. Mark, yeah. Yeah, yeah as, you, as you're going through that exercise, another thing to consider is to um, work on this emergency fund because we're going to talk about this i think there's a segue to this a little later the more you have in that fund as mike mentioned earlier the better the reserve is so for example if you are a little bit more on the risky investment side and the market does turn now you've got another alternative you don't necessarily have to continue to take money out of your retirement your investments you've got this emergency fund which hopefully can carry you through a year or two Generally, that's enough to get us back on track, and uh, it makes you sleep easier, you know. And you can just let your portfolio recover on its own in yep. some cases. Yep. When it does, replenish that emergency account again. Yep. The and, and that's right on point. Thank you. The so so let's see. So we've got an appropriate investment strategy. Okay, you're comfortable with it. It's going to earn what you need to earn, hopefully, and you're going to live happily ever after. Uh, well, well. To Mark's point, first of all, where do you take money from? We talked about the boxes earlier, okay? And then, you know, how do you protect yourself against downturns in the markets? Uh, In our practice, if we need to send somebody $2,000 a month from their retirement plan, that's $24,000 a year, uh, we're going to set aside uh, enough money in that plan in cash so that they have two years of $24,000 or two years of $2,000 a month, okay, in a nice, safe place so they don't have to look at a financial newspaper for a period of time. So, you know, after you decide uh, when, when uh, wh- which box or which boxes you're taking income from and how much, uh, you, you also need to make sure that you've got some backup income someplace, okay, to get you through two, three years of excitement in the financial markets, okay? And in our practice, we call them income buckets, and we try to set mm-hmm. aside a couple of years, sometimes three years, buys you a lot of protection. You can't control what the markets are going to do, but you can buy your way th- wading through them if you have enough money to do so in that. So, yep, thank you. Yeah, one thing to add to that too, Mike, and, and yep. this, again, I think works into that, <clears throat> without getting too far into the weeds is a term we use called sequence of returns yep and you know we can show you based on past history which is no guarantee of future results as we all know you know what what a plan could do what the investment should do over time how much you can take out uh based on actual performance of the market but what's very interesting sometimes is when you look at those bad years if your retirement happens to start during those bad years, yeah. If you retired in October 2007, you were yeah. your timing couldn't have been worse yep. because your money's coming out. The market was in a big downturn, so it just compounded itself. Yep. Again, the emergency fund uh, can help that. But very important thing to take a look at. Yep. Yep. Thank, thank and you. And something you can't control. Yeah. And r- right on time for that. Okay. So so. So here, yeah, here's a, uh, let me say it a little bit differently f- than Mark did, but we're on the same subject here, folks. Okay, you're sitting down, you did your own math, and you say, geez, I'm, I'm going to be really good if I can earn 5% per year average on my money. Great, swell. Okay, well, you can go broke averaging 5% a year, and you can be a millionaire averaging 5% a year because it kind of depends on what you're taking out of it, okay? So let, let me do an extreme on the radio, okay? Um, if you take... Uh, five years of minus tens, okay, followed by five years of plus 30s, no, plus 20s, you average 5% a year. I think I did the math right. But, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, so, so by the way, if you, if you took 10 years, we had five years down 10, okay, and five years uh, up 20, okay, in a row, just, it's never happened, but if you did, 
you'd be averaging 5% a year. Well, if you started taking money out of your portfolio, well, I was going down 10% a year for those for five years, you may be toast in your retirement plan. Okay, the other the other scenario to, to Mark's sequence of returns, if your portfolio, the first year you retired, your portfolio earns 20% a year for the next five years, it doesn't matter about the zeros for the next five after that sort of a thing. So, so that average return is an average return, and how it comes at you could have a, a, a significant impact on your retirement. And, and that, that officially is called the sequence of returns. Uh, and, and by the way, I'll, I'll introduce another official uh, topic here or name called Monte Carlo, folks, okay? So when we go through, uh, we use very sophisticated software to help our it's folks. It's not that place at Everett, yeah, is it? There you go, right. Nope, we use <laughs> we use very sophisticated software. That just means we can make a good guess, folks, but we're still guessing. Uh, and we have a little practice yeah, helping folks with their retirement. But but the, the bottom line is, okay, uh, the software will do a probability analysis, which is to Mark's point about, well, what the order in which you get those returns every year, you know, how's it gonna, how's it gonna affect you? And so it'll run like a thousand different possible investment scenarios or a thousand different possible sequences of return. It'll run them based on the history of the portfolio that you have, and it'll crunch them up and do more math than most people can do in a lifetime, and it'll spit out a percentage of success rate. And folks, if your Monte Carlo says 100%, that means that you're probably going to live happily ever after for a long time and maybe live, leave your kids a few bucks. Okay, again, it's a guess, folks. We're not guaranteeing anything. If your Monte Carlo says 50%, you know, did you want to go to the race? Did you want to retire with 50% odds or 30% odds? So, so the beauty of some of the sophistication of the planning software that's out these, there these days is it can just help you make better guesses given the circumstances. Again, this goes back to, well, if the guess is 50%, you've got some more work to do kind of given the circumstances. Mark? Yeah, what, I think what, what Mike means by 50%, meaning based on your goal, yep. the number of years that you're projecting in retirement, what are your chances of your income lasting that long, yep. including inflation? And if it is, for example, 50%, eh, you, you know, you might be on the yeah, low th side. Those that's, are tough odds. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, some people are willing to take that risk. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so the, the point is that these are all the variables that go into that pot, if you will, folks. Okay. Uh, and then the last bit of this process before we get to the how does it look part of this, okay, uh, is um, did you want to leave anything to your kids? You know, we talked about you and yourself and your life and a whole bunch of other things, and um, there there is a percentage of folks out there listening to us who want to, want to uh, leave as much money as they possibly can to their kids. There's a percentage of folks out there listening to us who want the last check to bounce upon the second de death of a couple, sort of a die thing. Die broke. Yeah, die broke, exactly. Okay, so, so you know, we, we, we have no value judgments about what you want to do with your money after you're gone or if you want there to be any, but we kind of need to factor that into the equation. You know, if somebody says, I want to leave my kids, you know, X amount of dollars, uh, or I want to leave them 20% of my estate, well, we got to go back and plug that into the, all that math we just talked about to see how that looks. Okay, uh, you know, maybe the answer is, well, you know what? If you want to leave your kids X amount of dollars, uh, your, your retirement plan odds went down significantly. Do you want to deal with that or do you want to rethink that sort of a thing? You know, did you want to forget about your kids or did you want to change your life to make it happen? Not my job to tell you what to do, but it's our job to say, if you did it this way, here's what's going to happen. If you did it that way, here's what's going to happen. So so uh, many folks want to leave a legacy to their kids, uh, and I'll be generic here, but if I'm talking to a, a, a widow, a widow, not a widower, if I'm talking to a widow on average, they're going to want to leave as much money to their kids as they can. And they're going to, on average, live not the life they would like to live because they're concerned about it. You're shaking your head as well. You know that story, oh, right? Oh, that's happened many oh, yeah, times, yeah. sure. Okay, okay. Uh, and, and if I'm talking to a widower, there's less of that 
pardon me for being sexist, but I'm entitled to my, my opinions about how the world has been for the last 39 years. And that doesn't obviously apply to everybody, but if I had to, you know, see how things were going to go. And so I, I know a lot of wonderful little old ladies who I've known for many years, and, you know, they're making some sacrifices in what their retirement is because they want to do Absolutely. that. Their choice. You know, who are we to, but, but, that's, but those are things you have to think about, folks, in terms of how it works. Okay. Well, a client I, I worked with uh, earlier this week, um, a single gal comes in uh, in retirement, uh, never married, but tons of uh, nieces and nephews, and uh, leaving all kinds of money to these people and their grandchildren yep. as well, their, yep. their children as well. Yep. Well, Miss Client, um, at this rate, you're, you're not going to make your goals. So let's rethink that. Tough thing for us to say as advisors, but oh, my obligation we, is to my client. We just do the math. Uh, we just do the math. Oh, and folks, before we take a break and we get close here, so, so one more thing. So, and I, I forgot to touch on this uh, with emphasis when we were talking about your expenses. Um, folks, you, you need to, number one, uh, look at your current expenses. And if there are any dollars going to your children, I'll get you to your grandchildren in a moment, but if there are any dollars going to your children, either by design or by need, you may want to factor those dollars into your retirement plan because gifts to kids or support to kids or reluctant support to kids, those are expenses in retirement that you have to account for. So that could mess up your retirement. And lastly, okay, uh, the the grandkids are, are an issue as well. If you have grandchildren before you retire, I can guarantee you that there's X percent of your living expenses that go to your grandkids, okay? And that's not going to get smaller, kind of given the circumstances. Uh, and if you don't have grandkids, okay, and, and I look at you and say, you know, you might want to plan for some grandkid expenses. Sometimes I get a funny look, but most of the time I said, oh, yeah, I've got some friends and they're spending all kinds of money on their grandkids. So you just have to account for that, folks. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money. My co-host, psychic, good friend, and financial advisor of many years, Mark Collier, is with us, keeping me company today. And again, appreciate your company. Uh, how about a quick Mark Collier commercial there, quote, in case somebody wants to talk to you after the show? All right. Again, my name is Mark Collier, Mark with a C. Uh, the firm I'm with, uh, well, let me just say I'm also a certified financial planning practitioner, charter financial... The good guys. Yeah, the good guys. That's right. Uh, Charter Financial Consultant, and the name of my firm is Axial Financial Group. Um, the securities and advisory services are offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA and SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Our phone number up there is 781-273-1400. Alrighty, folks, uh, I think we're going to take a run at finishing this up in the show there. So we might go a little fast the last 20, 25 minutes here, but uh, we'll, we'll hit the high points and if we have time, we'll cycle back. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to guess we don't have much time. All right, so we, we did all this math. You thought about your life in retirement. You did all the research about expenses and what you're going to spend. Uh, we, we talked about your portfolio. We talked about rates of return and risk and stuff. Okay, and, and now all of a sudden, you've got this, All it all comes together and the question is, well, how does it look? You know, what's what, what's the story here? You know, if you're working with a financial advisor uh, with some sophisticated software, that would be plan A as far as I'm concerned, uh, you're going to get this uh, probability analysis to say, hey, based on all the guesses we made here today, you got a 90% chance of being okay, you know, live, and living your life for the okay and not running out of money before you run out of life. Super. Okay. So... If the numbers, you know, by the way, if you get an 85% success rate in your retirement plan, how do you feel about that? You know, if you get 100, if you get, you know, I want it to be 100. Well, if you want it to be 100, here's what you got to do. Oh, maybe 85 is okay. You know? <laughs> or, you know, if you get a 30% a, a success rate in your retirement plan, I'm thinking you got some work to do sort of a thing. So how does it look? And we'll obviously deal with numbers aren't looking good here for a few moments, okay? So it's pretty simple. Okay, um, one of the things that you can do, there, there are three or four variables that in, can increase the success of your retirement plan. 
the most obvious is I need to reduce my expenses. Well, by the way, that means you're going to cut out some fun, but if you have to, you will. Okay, uh, there are other ways to do that. Maybe you want to go, go to work for a few years and not cut out your expenses. I mean, but anyway, so reducing expenses uh, is one way to do that. So you're heading back to those discretionary expenses we talked about earlier, you know, wants versus needs. And eh, maybe I'll go out to eat a little less often. Or maybe I'll take uh, shorter vacations or play less golf or, or sell the boat or whatever. Okay. Uh, and places that you might look, well, I'll give you a couple of big places where you could look. Uh, the cost of owning a car is a significant expense. And one of the things we've seen happen once in a while is if people paid less money for vehicles and drove them longer, that's something to think about when it comes to reducing your expenses. Okay, uh, And checking those kid and grandkid expenses okay, uh, is another place that you might look. But reducing expenses is a natural place to go. But it also means less fun. So maybe there are some other ways to do it, too. And, and there are. Okay? <clears throat> um, Part-time work in retirement might help. Uh, it might be something you'll want to do anyway. Okay? Uh, you know, when we sit down with folks and say, are you going to be working after retirement? They don't look at us funny anymore. A whole lot of them are planning to do that because they want to, even if they don't need to, okay? Uh, and a whole lot of them are planning to do that because they think they need to, okay? It's more and more rare when somebody says, I'm not doing anything after retirement. I'm going fishing or whatever sort of a thing. But, but anyway, working part-time in retirement or working a year or two longer than you plan, folks, those are often big variables that can move the success rate in your retirement plan in the right direction, sometimes significantly, okay? Uh, sometimes we talk with some folks and, uh, you know, they, they're burned out in their job and they want to retire at 64 uh, and, and they know they have to go work for a few years and earn so much money. Well, we, we can tell them, hey, if, you, if you're going to stop working at 64 and do this, this, and the other thing, you know, you got to go to work for the next six years and earn 30 grand to be okay or something like that. That. So working in retirement for some period of time and or delaying your retirement a year or two or three, they can be significant movers in that success rate dial, and you don't want to diminish that. Mark? Uh, yeah, a couple, couple of things there. I think this is another important area. I know we want to get through our, our list That's here. That's okay. But, we might not. <laughs> but working in retirement, a couple of quick comments on that. Um, not a bad idea if needed. First of all, if you're collecting Social Security uh, at retirement, the full retirement age is age 66, for example. If you're working, you're not going to be, you're not penalizing yourself. Taking your Social Security early and still working, you you could lose part of your Social Security. Yep. You know, a dollar for every three dollars. I don't want to get into the complicated formula. Yep. But working after full retirement age has no effect on your Social Security. As a matter of fact, you're adding to your Social Security because your earnings will affect your future Social Security benefit. Yep. Number one. Number two is, depending on how much you're earning, you may even have enough money to put into a retirement plan. Yep. If you're self-employed, something yeah. like a SEP IRA. You're earning more and spending less. Options. That's good math, right? Correct. Earning right. more, spending right. less. Yep. A lot of options to that. Yep. Okay. And then so another possible way to save some money in retirement is, well, I planned on living in this house forever, but I'm just going to sell it, downsize, buy a smaller one, and take the money and put that in my retirement nest egg pot. No way, Jose, would be my professional comment on that, folks. Uh, let, let me tell you what downsizing has meant to 98% of the folks I work with, and I work with a whole bunch of folks. Downsizing means buying a smaller, better home at equal to or more cost than the one that you're selling, okay? Uh, the, the amount of folks who I have known who could set, downsize the price of their home and retirement take a bunch of money off the table and live happily for the rest of their life is in the single digits, if not down to one or two percent of the folks I know. And I know a lot of folks, folks. So, so downsizing, do not count on it, folks. Nobody wants to buy a smaller, trashier home than you had before in retirement and live there for the rest of your life. It just, that's just how it is, folks. So scratch the downsizing, okay? Uh, number 35, working, uh, if working in retirement doesn't help, 
now we're getting to some uh, plan B's and C's, and that would be uh, a reverse mortgage, okay? Uh, reverse mortgages are getting better. They're still expensive, but it's pretty simple. If all you have to spend in retirement is the equity in your home, you don't have much of a choice, folks. Well, I'm never going to get a reverse mortgage. Well, that might be your intent, but that might, might not be the result given the circumstances. Um, you know, I have had on occasion... Uh, times when I've had to suggest to clients, okay, that you're going to need a reverse mortgage if you're going to live happily ever after, or you might need one and just want to put you on notice that that's a possibility. Well, my odds are 50-50. Well, if your odds are 50-50, maybe you ought to at least start thinking about getting used to the fact that you might need a reverse mortgage and your kids won't be happy about that, but you'll be okay, sort of a thing. Okay. Well, remember, the home equity line of credit is another alternative option to that. Can't, can't get as much and still have to pay it back, uh, and, but, but that's correct, okay? All right, so number, uh, so the reverse mortgage, you, you might have to start thinking about that, folks. And by the way, the equity in your home, it's your equity, you built it. Why wouldn't you spend it to live happily ever after if you, if you had to? Okay, so number 36, if everything looks good, then go for it. If not, retirement, you will be working for a while longer than planned, okay? So sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes people just say, geez, I, 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 there's no way I can make any of this work doing all the things you suggested. Well, you know, don't shoot the messenger. You know, you, you didn't save enough or you're spending too much or whatever the, whatever the math is that says here's what's happened sort of a thing. Uh, and, and that goes back to what you can control and what you can't control in your life. You can control a whole bunch of things and thankfully... The thing, most of the things that you can control are the biggest variables in your retirement plan. How much you can spend, you can control, folks. How long you work, you can control, folks, okay? Uh, whether or not you give money to your kids voluntarily, you can control, folks, okay? Uh, whether you choose to leave money to your kids at the end or not, you can control, okay? You can't control what the stock market's going to do next week, but you can be diversified enough and protected enough to deal with it and buy your way through it, folks. That's kind of how it works. Whew. All right. <laughs> Any other comments before we move no, to the next just section? just to throw back in what we mentioned earlier, the health care issue is, a, is another thing you don't always have full control over. And there are ways to uh, set yourself up. So in that event, we'll probably get to that later, yeah, yep. you're covered in that area as well. Yeah, there's not much later here, but that's okay. We're moving down the road here, folks. Okay, so the next big section on my little checklist here is where can you go wrong in all of this? And by the way, I I try to prioritize where you can go wrong. So obviously it's different for different people, but I've, I've seen a lot of people do not good things in my lifetime, and I've kind of ordered them, I think, in what is my order of importance not to do wrong sort of a thing. So we'll start with the worst and get less uh, less scary as we go down the line. The worst is uh, that you... Uh, you did not work as much as planned uh, in your retirement, okay? In other words, you didn't, I'm sorry, you didn't save uh, enough, okay, for for retirement, okay? Um, Again, I go back to, if you save a dollar a month, you better have a pretty successful investment strategy, and that's not going to work. So, so you know, you know, if you if you did not save enough to be okay, you're in trouble, and that goes back to living within your means, folks. Okay, so forced savings for retirement. The, the second place uh, people go wrong is that. Okay, you do live up to your means. Let's face it, there's a, v- a vast majority of Americans who live, you know, paycheck to paycheck and or live up to whatever their means are. And that's that works for folks earning 100000 a year and a million dollars a year and $10,000 a year. So, so uh, you know, we, we for somehow or other manage to have our expenses fill up our income and that kind of squeezes out, okay, savings for retirement money. Um, probably... Every 50th new client we meet, okay, has lived within their means all of their lives, okay, has saved a bunch of money, has had a nice life and got could carry it away, okay, 
And honestly, we tell them, you know, we can help you, but we really can't help you too much. You did all the hard work. You, congratulations. You know, you could walk out the door and be okay, but we, we could help you refine some of those things. But the people who retire and live comfortably and not even think about it are people who've lived their lives within their means all the time. And uh, unfortunately, that's fewer and fewer people just because. Mark? Yeah, I think uh, that's something that does start early. The earlier you start, um, we tell this to clients, and hopefully they pass it on to their kids as well. Start early on this stuff. Don't yeah. wait till the last minute. Yeah. Yeah. Quick thing we used to do in our seminars, we'd have people take out a pad of paper and say, put down your 10 most important bills, starting one, two, and all the way down. Yeah. And invariably, they're going to put down mortgages yeah. and food yeah. and all these things you need to live on. And they get to the 10th, 9th, 10th one, they're still scratching their head. Okay, what's my 10th most important? Can't even think of that. So then we tell them, okay, take a look at your list. Take number one, cross it out. Make number two, uh, uh, cross out number one and put in number one yourself and push everything down one rank. So what's going to suffer is not number two, number yeah. three, number four. Yeah. What might suffer a little bit is the one you couldn't even think of. Yeah. That yeah. extra drink you have or that fancy yeah. dessert you have at yeah. the end. There you go. There you Start go. early and pay yourself first. Yep. Uh, folks, another thing you can do wrong is live too long. You know, if you plan, if you plan to live to 90 and live to 95, that's a problem. Again, you, you can't control that, folks, but it, it is what it is. Okay. Uh, another place you can go wrong is to get inflation wrong. Uh, we have fortunately had pretty low inflation for the last few years, but you never know what it is going forward. Uh, so when you make your guess about inflation, the number you use, well, first of all, it's guess you're not going to know. Okay, if you're going to retire very young, that inflation number becomes more of a variable because if you're going to live longer, it can hurt you more from, from a compound. Remember the days of 17%? Oh, my God. I had a 17% mortgage in 1978, <laughs> by the way. Holy cow. Uh, anyway, so uh, ba basically your guess about inflation. Okay, here's another one. You assumed the wrong investment return. What you think you can earn on your money and what you did earn on your money, that, that could be a problem. That could be something that gets messed up. Okay. Uh, and then uh, the, the other thing that you do wrong, okay, is that you didn't do a life insurance analysis, okay? Uh, when we get somebody's plan all together and it looks hunky-dory, then we say, well, now we're going to try to shoot some holes in this plan, okay? And the first thing we're going to do is going to kill the hubby off tomorrow afternoon or the day, the day after you retire, we're going to kill the husband off and see how it looks. And that'll pretty clearly draw a picture of whether or not the wife needs some life insurance on the husband or not or if they have too much on the husband and, and vice versa. So you have to stress test your retirement plan for your life insurance needs because hopefully you don't need any, but lots of folks might and we, we you know we just do the math. Don't don't shoot the messenger sort of a thing. So very important not to consider whether you have enough life insurance if if you die first and leave your spouse behind. And then and then lastly, uh, the, the thing that can go wrong easily is you don't every year sit down and look over the whole plan and what your life is and check it as you go along. So you kind of need to monitor every year all the things that you got going on here, whether you're 35 or 75. Sit down, take a look at the year and review and say, hmm, did everything go pretty much the way I thought? Oh, wait a minute, I spent a few more bucks here than I planned. Maybe next year I got to cut back a little bit or Geez, I got some extra money left in the checking account. Maybe I'll take a vacation or whatever, okay? And then last but not least, okay, more homework for you. We, we've talked about the, the, well, the, the money and the planning and the finance, but let's, let's talk about that a little bit more. Uh, and again, let, let me read them because there's no way we're going to be able to do justice to them. So I'm just going to read them. And, and Mark, you can pick which one mm -hmm. you want to talk about at the end here. Okay, so get your legal paperwork in order, folks. Wills, trusts, powers of attorneys, health care proxies, whatever. Get your legal paperwork in order. Make sure you have a large emergency reserves account just in case. And it's emergency reserves. You never touch it, okay? Leave it alone. Okay, uh, and then, by the way, make sure, okay, or retire as much debt as you possibly can before you retire. One of my favorite savers, saving, uh, sayings is, okay, if your mortgage is retired when you are, you're probably in pretty good shape. You know, there's a generic thing that says, ah, if you have 25 or 30%, uh, your, your retirement 
uh, your income is going down by 25 or 30 percent in retirement, if not more. Your expenses are going to go down. You need to have your expenses go down by 25, 35 percent. Well, if you take a look at your principal and interest payment on your mortgage, folks, I'll bet you that's 25 to 35 percent of your expenses. And if your mortgage goes away, retirement looks okay better. So debt management, or preferably having none, okay, is is the the deal there. Uh, Monitor your expenses leading up to retirement. Just because you put your Expenses down one year doesn't mean you shouldn't check them from year to year to make sure you got them right, okay? And then uh, last and, and least, okay, you need to consider what home improvements, okay, you need to do and, and take care of them. You know, it's usually the kitchen, the bathroom, but maybe the roof and the grounds and stuff like that. So, Mark, any of those other stuff you need to do, where, where do you want to start? Yeah, I think let me add one more thing to this. Sure. Uh, we can do a whole program on estate planning. There you go. Wills and trusts, living programs, wills. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Very, very important. But here, here's one thing that I think I, I advise my clients to do. Leave a playbook. Sit down uh, with your accountant, with your lawyer, if you have one, with your financial advisor particularly. Make a list of all of your investments, account numbers. Um, I know with a lot of clients, and myself included, I put together a a little binder uh, for my significant other, my kids, er where everything is. When I'm gone, here's what's going on. And some advice as to what to do with it as well, (laughs) in my case. Very important to leave that because we've had clients come in, have no idea what's going on uh, at the death of the first uh, person. Yep. Um, any of those other points you want to touch on before it launched here? Yeah, I think I think getting your house in order before uh, home improvements, things like that, make a lot of sense. Because once you're in retirement, sometimes your your expenses are all laid out, and you just, you know, it used to be that uh, for myself. I know, you know, you look at something, you say, gee, if I wanted to buy something, I buy it. Uh, when you're working. When you're in retirement, you're in sometimes a little tighter budget. Yep. So get a lot of that stuff done ahead of time. Yeah, I want to spend some more time on the debt thing here because uh, that's a biggie. Uh, and it, it all goes back to living within your means. Um, if you have a charge card, folks, your balance should be zero every month. If it's not zero every month, you spend some money you couldn't afford. Uh, end of story. Uh, if you have a home equity line of credit, and it has a balance on it, you need to pay it down to zero. And if you can't pay it down to zero, you did something you couldn't afford or a combination of things you couldn't afford. You didn't live within your means and you got this problem. Okay, never mind college loans, okay, uh, and hopefully they're gone or maybe you assumed some for, for your kids. Uh, that could be a problem, okay? But the biggest problem is the mortgage, okay? So on average, I think every seven years in this country, people move, okay? Uh, and on average, I think people either finance, refinance a home or finance a home about every six or seven years. Okay, so it's pretty simple, folks. If you're 30 years old and you buy your first home at 30 and you do a 30-year mortgage, and then you buy a bigger home with a bigger mortgage at 37 and do a 30-year mortgage, and then buy a bigger home with a bigger mortgage, okay, at 44, okay, and do a bigger mortgage for 30 years, when you get to 55 or 60 and you start to look at retirement and you have 25 or 30 years left on your mortgage, you're going to start wondering. So so m- most people have your mortgage retired when you are, period. If you want to increase your odds of success in retirement stupendously, you can quote me on that, folks, make sure your mortgage payment goes away by the time you retire. A- end of story. That's the single most important piece of advice I could give the folks about what do I do about getting ready for retirement. In retirement... Your income is going down at least 25, 30, 35%. At least, folks. Okay, how can I cut my expenses? 20, 25, 35%. Not have a mortgage, <laughs> period. Okay? Uh, so, anyway, managing your debt as you go through life, okay, is difficult. Managing your debt as you go through life to make it zero in retirement is even more difficult. But, uh, folks, you don't want to you don't want to be retired with a 25-year mortgage, some college loans, and a charge card balance of $16,000, which I think is the average for the country or something like that. So, so debt management mighty important. Said differently, living within your means. Okay, um, the the emergency reserves uh, deal here. Okay. Uh, Emergency reserves, okay, is a pot of money in the bank, in a separate account, 
in a money market account, savings account, or short-term CDs, okay? Bank cash is what I would call that, okay? And that number is just your rainy day fund for your life. It varies all over the world about how big it needs to be for you to be com- feel comfortable. There are some generic rules about it should be three months worth of your after-tax living expenses or six months, whatever. It's a number, folks, that you have to have to protect you against emergencies. And I'll use $30,000 as a number. If your emergency reserves number is $30,000, go put it in a separate account. Okay, don't ever touch it. Leave it in savings. It's not investment money. And by the way, a $5,000 vacation is not an emergency, okay? And you should look at that money forever. You should leave it out of your retirement plan calculations. For all practical purposes, you could put it under the mattress, but you'd probably take it easier if you did that, okay? Uh, But you need to have emergency reserves, especially in retirement. If you go into retirement with no emergency reserves and a retirement plan, Every time you have an emergency, you got to take money out and pay taxes on it, sort of a thing. Okay, so have that emergency reserves. If you have a legitimate emergency and spend some of it, you need to put it back. And that may mean having less fun till it gets back. If you have $30,000 worth of emergencies, have three emergencies over the next five years that come to 30000 and don't put it back, you are now flying naked in the emergency reserves department. Not a good place to be, folks. Um, we getting close here, Tim. You want to play the music? No, another minute or two. Okay, good. Okay, Mark. Okay. Yeah, I think I think to summarize everything we've said today, and yep. both of us, I'm sure, would agree on this. The whole key to this thing is planning ahead of time and planning for retirement. The old adage was, people spend more time planning a vacation than they do planning their own retirement. That's a big mistake because you're in retirement generally a lot longer than you're on vacation. Yeah, and the legal stuff, one more comment on the legal stuff. Um, okay, uh, every, wills, trusts, they get confusing, health care proxies, uh, living, living wills, wills, all that, okay, powers of attorney. F- folks, uh, f- from our point of view, okay, while you're living, the most important legal doc document you should have is power of attorney okay a power of attorney and i'll use this a married couple as an example a power of attorney allows one spouse to act on the uh, the benefit or take care of the financial affairs of the other spouse okay uh while they're alive and can't take care of themselves sort of a thing uh if if one of uh, if I have a, a husband and wife couple that are clients and the only investment I have is his retirement plan, okay, and he goes into a coma and his wife calls me up and says, I need to get some money out of John's plan, I'm going to say, okay, I can't talk to you because we don't have a legal power of attorney on file. Well, I, I don't have a power of attorney. Well, I asked you to get one 12 times in the last 12 years so that we, for this circumstances. And by the way, if you don't have a power of attorney, even though you're married, it doesn't count. You've got to go to court in Massachusetts and get one. And right after John dies is not a time you want to go to court and get your power of attorney. So everybody out there, if you have one legal document, as far as I'm concerned, it should be a power of attorney over each spouse. And if you're single, that's even more important that you have a power of attorney. Somebody has to be empowered to take care of your stuff while you're alive and you can't function. Uh, And if you don't have that document, there are some people surrounding you who you love dearly that might not be able to help you and or might be cursing you or saying bad things about you because you left them in a big predicament that's going to consume their life trying to figure it out. Not not a good place to be. Okay, Tim, I think uh, there we go. Good. Perfectly timed. Okay. Mark, one more time. Give out that phone number, okay? Okay, thank you, Mike. Uh, It was fun today. My name is Mark Collier. Uh, If you need to give us a call, we're at 781-273-1400. All righty, folks. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. And remember, next week, the intersection of technology and finance. I'm getting a headache saying that title. Folks, have a great day and a great week. Talk to you next week.